If you would, Joshua chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1, we're still in our series, um, uh, Road to Recovery, amen, the Road to Recovery. And, 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 and the, the Word of God, Joshua chapter 1, 1 through 4, we're going to reference all the way to verse 8, but we're just going to read 1 through 4, and, and those who are standing, you can take your seat up to verse 4, and I'm going to get into the sermon, I'm going to read again, but just follow along with us, amen. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... It came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the, Euph the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. Lord, again, help me as I bring the word of God. Touch me, Lord, like only you can. Use me like only you can. And Lord, reduce me down to my least common denominator so that you can magnify the word within me please lord bring a word a fresh word in the name of jesus we do pray amen amen you may be seated in the presence of god and those in your cars thank you for being out there um i'm going to speak to you from the subject step your life up and i'm trying i know we're still in this series but i i don't even know if i might preach this same text again next week but you know god speaks in so many different ways i know i have another sermon planned but i I just feel the, the, the richness of God in this particular text. Anyway, these verses begin the account of Joshua stepping into the ministry of Moses, getting ready to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. This was a pretty tall order because Moses had delivered them from slavery in Egypt, parted the Red Sea, got water out of a rock, and had manna rain down every morning. That's a tough act to follow, right? All this happened because he was the one God who communicated with God. However, God promised he would be with Joshua as he had been with Moses. Uh, uh, verses 5 and 6 in Joshua 1 says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. See, God also gave Joshua the key to strength, courage, and success, the law of meditation. He gave all us a systematic way to renew our minds and see our lives transformed. Then we will not be conformed to this world, but instead be transformed by the word, Romans 12, 2 tells us. And the reason God wants our minds to be renewed is so he can use us to do mighty exploits in this earth. We are Joshua's and each of us has a promised land to conquer and enjoy with our Lord. Let's read 7 and 8. It says, only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. 
turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. See, I want you to know that meditating on God's word is not a passive, wimpy thing. See, meditating on God's word meant winning battles to Joshua, and it means winning battles to you. See, you are taking the land God has given you, you and the, that process begins by changing the way you think about God, yourself, and every issue in your life. You literally wage war over the strongholds that have been programmed into your mind by the enemy, strongholds of thought that have held you back and kept you in bondage. Meditation is the means by which the, in, we envision God's word coming to pass in our lives. We take his truth, his sword, and actually destroy our old ungodly self-image and build up a biblical one. We renovate our brains. We expel the devil's lies and falsehoods by building new thought patterns of truth. We no longer see ourselves as weak and stupid and ugly or whatever. The, the joy of the Lord is, your, is our strength, as Nehemiah says. Jesus is our wisdom, and, and he, we are his beloved. Biblical meditation is a spiritual experience in which we supernaturally become more and more like Jesus as he demands action. Remember, when we read the Word, we're really reading and, and building a relationship with Jesus because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the Word of God became, Jesus was the incarnate Word of God. He became flesh. The Word became flesh. And so that means that Jesus is the Word of God, and the more we read the Word of God, the more we build a relationship with Him. Meditation transforms the conscious and subconscious parts of our minds, also our conscience. See, your subconscious and your conscience is something else, but you know your conscience, the one that makes you feel bad when you do wrong, some of us anyway. <laughs> the conscience is, is where your moral standards are set, but the Bible says that it can be seared, uh, you know, or cooked out or become dull by habitual sin, ungodly traditions, and the world's reasoning. The enemy tries to program our conscience to be an open, to be open to anything, especially evil and wicked practices. First Timothy 4, 1 and 2 says, Now the spiritual speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. That's First Timothy 4, 1 and 2. When our conscience becomes seared, we have no problem lying and believing our own lie. Have you ever taught somebody that believed they lie? Huh? And you know they believe the lie and they telling it and you almost believe them, but you know you was right there. And you're like, man, did that really happen? I was right there. And they, they almost convinced you that what happened is the way they said it. And you know good and well that it would happen. But they lie so good because they have no conscience. And they have no conscience. And so when they say it, it seems so real. 
And even though you were there, I had somebody lie on me, sit in their office, and I was like, did I do that? <laughs> oh, Maria, I tell y'all that story off camera, but it was so true. It was funny because the other sister was like, man, she got you too, didn't she? Man, I like, man, he said, yeah, that happened to me, man. I actually almost believed that's the way it happened. But, but when we begin meditating in God's word, the darkness of deception is exposed by the light of God's truth. We then begin the process of putting off the old man and putting on the new man. Come on, somebody. Or putting off the old woman and putting on the new woman. See, see you can't put the new man or the new woman on top of the old man or the old woman because after a while the old man or old woman to come back see we always talked about renew and put on something no you got to take off your mess you got to take off your fornicator you got to take off your lying you got to take off your cheating you got to take all that off and put the new man or new woman on so you can walk in the power of God but the only way you can take it off is to meditate in the word day and night because you can't do it by yourself it's him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his glorious majesty and do it with exceeding joy. The only wise God, our Savior, is him that can keep you from falling, not you. You have to give it to him. Stop trying to hold on to your old self. Sometimes we try to hold on to our old self because we don't recognize this new person we are. And sometimes we try to hold on to that one little sin that don't let us forget who Willard Maxwell really was. Let me hold on to this just a little bit longer because I don't know who this new Negro is. See, you, 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 you can't do it. You, you got to put it off. And, 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 and put on the new man or woman of righteousness, which who we really are. Can I take it there? You really are. See, really, you forgot who you really were because you put sin on top of who you really were for so long. You lost your real self in sin because really, when, come on, somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus has already known who you were before the foundation of the world. He already knew Jeremiah was going to be a prophet. He already knew you was going to be a singer. He already knew you was going to be a minister of music. He already knew you was going to be a prayer. He already knew you was going to be a preacher. He already knew you was going to be a doctor. Whatever it is you are, God had already ordained it to be. The problem is you lost yourself. You were. Do you know you're not just 45 or 46 or 80 years old? You were born in eternity. You were right there, but God released you in the chronological time of the day of your birth, but you was already here. That's why you fearfully and wonderfully made. Didn't I tell you last week you a little G God? For those first-time visitors, uh, just you better go listen to the, the, the previous sermon or you won't know what I'm talking about. You'll think I'm a heretic. But Jesus said you are God's. You walk in power. That's why you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And some of you all have let the devil trick you for so long and walk in some broke, busted, and disgust. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Broke. Mm-mm. I'm alerted. I don't even like saying the word. Ugh. Make me itch. Make my head itch. I don't. Mm -mm. You ain't supposed to be broke. 
He came to give you life more abundantly, but the problem is you keep meditating on something besides God's word. You keep meditating on what your friends say and what your mama say and what your cousins say, and you need to begin to meditate on what God says. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Let me get in my word. Ephesians 4, 22 and through 24 says that ye put off concerning the former conversation with the old man, which is corrupt according to the deficit, the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, God wants you to totally renovate your thinking. He wants the old lies and corruption and perversion thrown out and replaced by his powerful, simple truth. It is only as you learn to think, uh, to think, uh, learn to think, speak, and act like God uh, uh, that he can use you to reach this world with the integrity and compassion of Jesus. Putting on the new man is not passive. It is aggressively pursuing who you are and what you have in Christ Jesus. See, I find so many Christians are passively sitting, waiting on God to do something when God has already done everything. Before the foundation of the world, he had already been slain for you to be okay. See, he did it through life, death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, we have been restored to God as his children. We are righteous and have no desire to sin anymore. In this, his same, in, in his name and through his blood, we have authority over the enemy and we have no reason to fear anyone or anything. We have this peace, his, his wisdom and his power. When his word comes out of our mouth in faith and according to his will, what we speak must come to pass. So what are we waiting for? For speak those things that be not as though they were. Speak it. Uh, walk in your power. Oh, I'm tired of these. I'm tired of us being passive. Even when we're not moving forward physically, <clears throat> we must always move forward mentally. You understand? It is, it is vital that we continue to take the land of our minds by meditating in God's word day and night. You know what Egypt you got to escape? The ones between your ears. That's the only Egypt. If you can escape the Egypt out of your mind and get to the promised land of thoughts, oh my God, how much power will you be walking in? Woo! See, God wants Christians to be on the offense. You feel me? See, see, pushing back and conquering every enemy. Jesus said, kick in, we shall kick in the gates of hell and they won't prevail. The problem is we don't move forward and kick in nothing. And if we're not taking over territory, that means they push us back and taking territory from us. Come on, somebody. Ain't no such thing as a standstill. If you keep the ball for four hours at the wild, you're going to have to punt it. You got to move somewhere. 
You can't stay in the same place and act like you. You can't just stay in the same place. I don't. If, if Peyton Manning got the ball, no matter how much he he says he loves offense, if he ain't moved it, he gonna have to give it up at the four down. You gonna have to punt it to the other side, or you got to stay right where you are. And the problem is, the church has stayed in the same place for so long. We are putting our authority to the world, and we waiting on the government to give us money. We waiting on welfare. Sometimes when God said, "I shall give you a good measure." blessing, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. But you took God's covenant, and you took it to Obed-Edom's house. You gave it to the government. You gave it to the, to, to the man, if you call him. You, you gave it to Trump. You, you gave it to whoever you thought had power and authority over you. But I'm going to tell you, you have the power and the authority, but you don't read your word enough to understand what I'm talking about. Hmm. The gates of hell should not prevail. See, yes, we have giants overcome, just like Joshua and the children of Israel. And how do they overcome that giant? By meditating in God's word day and night. Until they no longer saw themselves as grasshoppers. And they no longer saw that land as their enemy's land. They saw that it was their land because God had promised it to them. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. And so they said, you know what? We got to meditate on this word day and night, and we're going to occupy what God has told us to occupy. Everybody didn't make it, though. See, that's the whole thing. Nobody from that generation made it. Even Moses didn't make it. Only Joshua and Caleb made it from that generation. And you got to understand, sometimes you got to leave some people behind. I know George Bush had that thing, no child left behind. Well, somebody going to get left behind with me. Because if you ain't trying to go where I'm going, I can't keep waiting on you. Come on, somebody. You better be in the right place when Scotty ready to beam you back up on Star Trek. You better be in the right place. Come on, somebody. You better find you a telephone on the Matrix when they're ready to be. You better get in position is what I'm saying. And until you get in your position of prayer, you can't walk in the blessing that I'm talking about. And if you don't know how to meditate in your word day and night, that is so simple. Read a verse. Read two chapters. Do something. Read the word of God and meditate on it so you can walk in the power in which Oh, see, I told y'all, we hopefully all of us take a bath, but sometimes we don't wash our spirits. We don't wash our spirit with the word of God. It's our spirits thing. Yeah, your underarms smell good. You got the right and the left God working, girl. You put on the scent of praise, and you smell real good, but your spirit stink because you're not walking in faith, because you're not washing your spirit enough with the word of God. Mark 16, 15 through 20 says, and he said unto them, Go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. That's the Bible, ain't me. I ain't cuss. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink, any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he has received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs and following. Uh, amen. It is so. Obviously, Jesus had a vision of a church that was aggressive, powerful, and compassionate in their faith. See, 
And from verse 20, it looks like the early church received and embraced this vision. There was nothing passive about the Great Commission. Go into the world and preach to everybody. Make sure everybody's saved, even that person you don't like down the street, Jonah. Come on, somebody. Joshua put what I'm saying into words, and when he dealt with seven of the tribes of Israel who had not taken their land yet, even after the enemy had been defeated, some of the people were not moving forward to possess what God had already given them. They already won. And they still didn't go get the land because they were scared. Look at this in Joshua 18, 1, 1, 1 through 3. And the whole congregation of the children of Israel assembled together at Shiloh and set up the tabernacle of the congregation there. And the land was subdued before them. And there remained among the children of Israel seven tribes which had not yet received their inheritance. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, How long are ye slack to go to possess the land? How long are you just going to sit down on your dairy air? Get up off your blessed assurance and go do something. Which the Lord, God of your fathers, hath given you. How long are you going to sit there and not take what God has already given you? The war is already over. Yeah, oh, y'all don't hear me. See, yeah, yeah, the war is already over and you still ain't with to go get it. Really? It's over. But we talk about them. We talk about Joshua people and they ain't go out. But God already told you that you, he died to give you life. He came to give you life and to give you more abundantly. Yet you still worrying about, I'm going to leave you alone. But then when I looked at the word slack, Brother Dre, and it, it comes from the Hebrew word Rapha, R-A-P-H-A-H. Rapha, or Rapha means to be slack, be remiss, be idle, to be weak, be feeble, to desist, to sink down, to be despondent, be disheartened, to be lazy, to loosen, let fail, let drop, to withdraw, to let alone, abandon, desert, to leave out. Quit. The basic idea of relaxing the hands or letting down can connote the loss of courage. Being slack is the opposite of what God said to Joshua uh, would become uh, from meditating in the word day and night. He said strong and of a good courage. You feel me? You don't want to be slack. The question is, are you slack in your walk with the Lord? I'm so glad you're in your cars. You can look at yourself in your own mirror. I don't have to see your face and make you feel bad. I see. See, the thing about it is, uh, Sister Kim, I preach something on Sunday morning, and people will cry, amen, pastor. That's a good one. I got this. What, what? Girl, you heard what he said. Girl, you heard what he said. And then by Monday afternoon, they stand around the break room with coworkers and get talked out of everything they heard the day before. They turn on the news and get discouraged. Their family has a crisis and they lose hope. All their faith seems to disappear in the busyness, problems, and distractions of a daily life. How does that happen? Because they are slack. They forgot that they are called and equipped by God to storm the gates of hell and possess everything Jesus died to give them. And that begins with their thought life. Our hearts sink because our thoughts stink. 
We have to stop being so easily persuaded away from what God's word says about us and what he, we have in Christ Jesus. We have to be strong and of good courage, move forward in faith and take possession of what God wants us to possess. He wants us to possess the earth. He commanded us to make disciples of all nations, to lead the lost to Jesus and teach them his word. The harvest is out there. And if we don't bring it in according to God's timing, it's going to rot in the field. It should be obvious to us by now that if we don't think we can do it, we won't do it. Come on, y'all. Remember that little, what's that little engine that could? I think I can. I know it's a little lame story, but I think I can. You, you got to stop saying you, you think you can't, and you got to start saying you think you can. And after a while, you keep saying you think you can. After a while, you would know you can. Come on, somebody. Y'all didn't know that a little internet could was in the Bible. You know that? It's right. No, it's lame. <laughs> but it's just that simple. <laughs> this is where biblical meditation comes in. As we meditate in God's word day and night, we will be strong and of good courage. We will not be slack because meditation in the word of God enables us to see that all things are possible to those who believe. Y'all know me. I'm going to go to this same old verse I always go to. I love Mark chapter 9, verse 19 through 24. He answered him and said, O faithful generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. This is because the boy had the epileptic seizures and his, and his disciples couldn't heal him. And Jesus got upset and they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straight away, the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child. And oftentimes they have cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him or her that believe. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help mine unbelief. See, we do not want to be a faithless generation, do we? All things are possible if we believe. The problem is, can you believe? Can you believe? And Jesus said, I'm not going to show up before you believe. See, with Moses, see, that's why I called you Joshua and Joshuaettes. I didn't call you Moses and Moses anymore because, see, Moses uh, split the Red Sea before they stepped on the water. But, but Joshua had to step in the water first. And so Jesus is saying, I need some Joshua and some Joshuaettes. I need you to walk in the water before I split the sea. I need you to claim that you possess the building before you got the money for the building. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? I need you to claim that you possess the land before you even beat your enemy. And Lord, Dad, gummy, how in the world have you already defeated the enemy, Joshua people, and you still didn't go get the land? Oh, you faithless generation. Let me tell you something. I'm going to read this right quick. I want to make sure I say it the way I wrote it. All things are possible to us if we have faith, if we believe God and his words. See, unfortunately, many of us are slack because of unbelief. See, unbelief is not non-belief. Non-belief is believing nothing. Unbelief is not believing God's word. 
We are called believers because we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, gave our lives and believe and live in his word. Unbelievers do not believe in him or his word. Unbelief is a hostility and skepticism towards God, a rejection of his true nature and absolute truth of his word. The problem is when we get saved, our minds don't believe a lot of things God says in his word because we have been programmed not to believe those things. See, the Bible says we are healed physically, but the television commercial continue to tell you that we need all kinds of medication to keep healthy. Flu season coming. Everybody around us going to get the flu shot. Not I. Mm-hmm, I don't do it. We need to turn off the TV and meditate God's word. We will think like God and walk in good health. The quality of our Christian lives depend on the way we think. See, we defeat and eradicate unbelief from our souls by not being slack and meditating on God's word and moving forward in faith. See, let me tell you something. And you got to learn how not to talk to people that don't believe. I ain't going to say, I'm t- somebody did it close to me and they look at my broadcast, so I ain't going to say who they are and I ain't going to get in trouble. But, but, but one time I had got these double checks. I got all these checks. I got two. When I, when I quit, when, when God told me to leave my job and go to seminary full time because I couldn't complete seminary without going full time at least one year because some of the classes offered at Morehouse School of Religion, uh, the real uh, seminary school, sorry, Virginia Union, uh, Morehouse School of Religion at the Interdenominational Theological Center at, at, at the ITC, I had to go at least one year full time to complete some classes that weren't offered in the evening so I couldn't teach and, and you know they weren't going to just let me leave my teaching job and go go take class so I had to leave my job and God told me to leave my job and, 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 and God told me one day to, to, I went to this church and he told me to get this $400 brother Nathaniel $400 sometimes I don't want to get $400 now and I got money $400 and the only thing I had was $435 in my account and God told me to write $400 check to them. And it was funny because I went to Walmart the day before, and I don't even go to Walmart. I love you, Walmart, but I don't go to you because you always crowded. But God told me to go to Walmart the day before, and I saw this church that I was preaching at selling fish sandwiches trying to build a building. I'm like, I don't know how many fish sandwiches you sold, but unless you own a Captain D's, I don't think you're going to buy a building selling fish. I'm just saying. So they was out there selling fish sandwiches for the building. And so when I got there and God told me to write a check for $400, I said, oh, maybe this is what it is. So I gave a check for $400. And you know the community, you know how they, they passed the thing? And when it came back around, I took my check back out. <laughs> I was like, the devil is a lie, even though it was Jesus telling me to do it. I was like, the devil is a lie. I ain't giving him no $400. I ain't got $435. So I got up and, and I got up to preach. And I started trembling. I mean, my legs were scared because, you know, it, it's one thing to lie and do what you ain't supposed to do. And you were going about your business Monday through Friday. But you in the pulpit on Sunday morning, Reverend Rose, I said, I was so scared. I took the check and I gave, I said, God told me to tell you this. Don't let me love your church more than you do. This check is for $400, and God told me to plant this seed. He told me there's no way in the world you're going to get a building with fish sandwiches and some of y'all need to give. When I said that, man, people had money ready to give. I guess he just hadn't asked. And I'm talking about people started coming out. Some lady had a Bank of America bag. Like, who just walks around with a Bank of America a money bag, like, like you be walking around with when you be selling CDs. But she wasn't selling no CDs. She was just walking around with a bank of America, just ready to give, but nobody asked. 
So she came and she gave the money and everybody was bringing money and they was able to do something with their building like in the, in the next few months. But I know it wasn't no fish sandwiches. You feel me? And so after I did that and gave that money, I, I had been, you know, I hadn't worked almost a whole school year. This was like second semester and I ain't had no money. And all of a sudden I got another annuity check. I got another uh, rebate check from, from, from Walmart for my computer. I, I, I got another, uh, 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 another, uh, another check for ING in another place. And all of a sudden, I began to share my story with some folk, and some folk were happy. But the last person I shared it with, they, 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 it ain't like they weren't happy for me, but they doubted it. And they began to speak against it. And you know the last check I got from ING, they took it out of my account. I never knew nobody could put a check in your account and take it out. Why? It's because I stopped believing that God wanted to bless me doubly because I let somebody else get in my thought patterns because I began to share my thoughts and cast my pearl to the swine. Some of you are not blessed because you keep sharing your testimony with folk that ain't passed no test. Stop sharing your story of successes with folk that don't feel you unless you can really combat that problem in you. You got to learn how to speak those things that be not as though they were. You got to know how to take in captivity those thoughts. And you got to learn how to avoid negative thinking people that's not on your level. I don't care if it's your mama, your cousin. I don't care who it is. When they start telling you something contrary to what God has told you, hang the phone up because I know you ain't over there. How? Because of COVID. 19. Stop talking to people that can't take you to the next level. Stop talking to people that don't meditate on the word of God. Stop talking to people that won't help you get from point A to point B and always keep you at point A and mad if you start going to point C. You better... Luke 6, 45. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaketh. See, we always say one of those verses, but we ain't never read that one all the way. Look here, if your heart evil, that's what you're going gonna to come out your mouth. Your heart controls your mouth. Huh? I learned not to speak... <laughs> Uh, about my blessing. I already told this story. I already told you that. But I learned how to keep those negative thoughts. But look here. Proverbs 4.23 says, Sister Wells, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. See, the word issues can be translated in the Greek as boundaries or borders. See, I did my studying for you. Out of your heart come the boundaries and borders of life. The issues, but see, but, but what's stopping you, uh, uh, Brother Derry, is not outside of you. What's stopping you is what's inside of you. You are what you think. I know they say you are what you eat. You feel me? But you are what you think. And really, if you are what you eat, I really don't want to be a celery stick. I don't want to be a carrot either. I know that you're supposed to eat, but, but it's cool. But I, I'd rather you learn this one. You are what you think. As a man or woman thinketh, so is he or she. God can only use you to the degree in which you believe his word. Y'all don't hear me. See, don't be slack. Be on the offensive 
in his face. I know you need to play defense, but you got to punch somebody. I know we always talk about how Mayweather had the greatest defense, but he punched somebody too. Huh? We talk about Muhammad Ali defense, but he punched somebody too. He didn't just sit up there the whole time. In fact, when he lost some steps, the rope dope kind of messed him up later on in life. You can't just let the devil keep punching you all the time. You better back the devil up off you. You better get him some word. See, y'all thought Christians were punks. Oh, y'all better watch out for me. See, I might not grab you by your throat no more, but I will get into my prayer closet. Now, if you run up on me, I might. But I'm telling you, I will get in my prayer closet, and I will. I, I, I warn people. I told y'all I'm just like Bruce Lee when it comes to prayer. You ain't going to whip me in that. Like, ooh. You might not want to mess with me today, baby. I warn my enemies. I tell them. Might not want to mess with me today. I ain't playing. I tried to be nice. In fact, my sister, she real nice. Man, my sister, I was in the weight room. See, you know how you can't talk to everybody on speakerphone? Well, I can talk to my sister on speakerphone anytime. You know, if I call you, please let me know I'm on speakerphone. Because, you know, I ain't delivered all the way sometimes. I'm trying to get there. I'm believing that the word of God would transform me. But if I'm mad, put me on your earpiece. <laughs> But I called my sister. No, my sister called me one day. I was in the weight room, so I had on speakerphone because for some reason my, the, the, it didn't go to my headphone. So I was like, okay, cool. My sister, I'm doing squats. You know, I'm like, yeah, what's up, Chrissy? I need you to pray over this lady because she get on my dad on nerve. I need you to tell her. I was oh, Lord, let, uh, let me break this up because I ain't want nobody to think. You know what I'm saying? Because I know when you pray about people, you be telling them people. Something be happening to them. Every time you pray about it, when you get mad at somebody, I need you to pray. Cause they up there messing with me on my job, and she was pretty much telling me to destroy folk with prayer. And I was like, you know, I wasn't used to that from Chrissy, cause Chrissy nice, you know what I'm saying? But she had got tired of them folk at her job. Woo! Let me tell you something. Meditating in the Word of God is not passive. It's not being a punk because my sister understood, yeah, my brother used to be crazy physically, but now he's crazy in the Holy Ghost. And I know that if he got, if I tell him to pray about this, I know it's going to be handled. Why? Because when you meditate on God's Word, you get a spirit that some people call arrogant. I ain't arrogant. I just got faith. When you come against me, you're not going to win. Why? Because I know that he who began a good work in me shall finish it. I know I'm the head and not the tail. I know I'm above and not beneath. I know I'm the lender and not the borrower. Why? Because I meditate in his word. I know by his stripes I'm healed. I know he would not withhold any good and perfect gift from me. I know that why? Because I meditate in his word. I know it might be going on in COVID-19. Some folk might be getting laid off. And even if I get laid off too, I know I'm going to be blessed. I know I'm still going to have a good measure of blessing. Press down. Shake it together. And run it over. Why you say that ram? Because I meditate in his word. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm about to possess the land. Step your life up. Can I take it from Beyonce? Get your word and let it upgrade you. Let the word of God upgrade your life. I will never be broke. Hey, why? Because my God.
God on the cattle a thousand hills and I'm a son and you a daughter and he would not withhold any good gift if you need healing he won't withhold it he'll give it to you but you gotta believe if you ain't got a dollar to pay your bills he'll give it to you but you gotta believe hey if your child is acting a fool he'll make him act right but you gotta believe and the only way that you will believe is to meditate on his word day and night hey I know I gotta go to baby face because some of y'all understand him more than you understand me he said only think about you on two occasions and he said that's day and night but can I take baby face to the word of God God I only think about your word on two occasions and that's day and night and when I meditate on it and when I walk on it I'm blessed and highly favored of God I walk in my healing I walk in my prosperity I walk in my victory hey, I am what God says I am can I talk to the hip-hop folk? I don't know why I'm on this. Maybe because of all these IG battles. But can I take it from Eminem? And I say I am. Whatever the word says I am. If I wasn't, then Jesus would have never said I am. I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm blessed in the valley. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed in my coming. I'm blessed in my going. He who began a good work in me shall finish it. Hey, I went RB and I went hip hop. And if you got a word for yourself, I need you to grab your car mirror and say, He who has began a good work in me, don't say you. He who began a good work in me shall finish it. So, I don't know where that came from. But can I talk to you for a minute? Don't be jealous. Because somebody got a Lexus or a Bentley. Don't be jealous because they house is bigger than yours. Just try to build your faith up the way theirs is. Don't get jealous. God owns a cat on a thousand hills, not just one. And a thousand really don't mean a thousand. A thousand really is another form of completion. It means an infinite amount of, of, of cows. Like when they said 40 days and 40 nights, it really didn't rain for 40 days and 40 nights. They were just letting you know it rained a, a long time, but not that long, but it rained really 128 days if you really read the word in the text. For 400 years, that don't really mean they was in bondage for 400 years. That meant they was in more than 40 days. 
more than some months. It was some years, but it's, it's an unknown. You feel me? Uh, so when he said the count on a thousand hills is completion, because really when it says only 144,000 went to heaven, it was representing the 12,000 of each tribe of, of Judah, the Jews, the small number of Jews who would believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then it says, if you keep on reading, they entered a multitude which no man could count, but really you don't even know it's really more than 144,000 Jews that go, but they were letting you know it's not as many that should go because they don't believe in Jesus. But can I talk to you for a minute and get out of here? Step your life up. But the only way you can step your life up is to step meditating on the Word of God up. See, I, I had a bad habit of reading books. It's really not a bad habit. It's a good habit of reading books, but sometimes I began to read T.D. Jakes and Joe Osteen and George Meyer and John Maxwell more than my Bible. And, and, and I had to make sure I read the Bible more than I read their books because that's where you're going to directly get the Word of God. Because no matter how powerful a man of God or woman is, something's going to be watered down because your flesh is going to short-circuit some of the thoughts coming to your spirit. And so no one will get the full potency of what it is. I can preach to you on Sunday morning, but you need to read the Word of God yourself. Because some of you all are going to get more excited than others because some of this Word is confirming what you've already read. But some of you all are getting a little bit excited because now you've gotten something new. But if you would have already read something, not saying you had to read this, but if you were already meditating in your Word, your spirit would even jump. Remember when, 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 when they thought John the Baptist was dead in Martha's womb? But when she came in contact with, with Mary and, and Jesus uh, was in her womb and John the Baptist leaped because he was connected to his calling. Your spirit will begin to leap when you come to church and when you hear a mighty word of God because you've already read your word and you're already familiar with it. <laughs> I wish I could preach this, but almost it's a deja vu thing. Because you know when John the Baptist leaped in the water, but then he really understood who Jesus was when he came and baptized him in water again because you know when you're in your mama's body, you're in water. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. And so he had a deja vu moment. He's like, now I'm coming in contact with who I came into in the water of my mother's womb. Now I'm at the water of the Jordan River and I'm having deja vu. This is who I'm supposed to prophesy. And when you come to church, you should be having a deja vu moment, just like John the Baptist had a deja vu moment coming back with Jesus again. This is a whole nother sermon. Somebody going to steal it. Can't get there yet. Got to say that word for another day because I'm in a series. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna preach it for three minutes. When you come to hear the word of God, when you hear the word of God on the internet or whatever, you should be having a deja vu moment. Your spirit should be leaping because it's already heard this in your prayer time. I'm praying that your life is gonna be stepped up because you're gonna start having deja vu moments in here. Because you're gonna already have read your word. And God is already going to be dealing with a thought on you. Not saying that you had to read the same text, but because you meditated, God is going to make sure you hear something that ignites what he was dealing with you in your private time. Are we going somewhere? I'm telling you. Oh, I'm believing it right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm believing that you're going to upgrade our lives 
You're going to step our lives up to walk in your glory and in your power. In the name of Jesus.